Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim Cockrum. I've got a guest today. It's another successful student from our community who's gone through the Proven Amazon Course training, provenamazoncourse.com. He's learned the replens system. And as of the most recent month, he's sold $35,000 at a nice profit margin. He dives into all of that today as part of his story. He's been in e-commerce as he shares and selling physical products online for many, many years. But at one point in today's episode, he discusses and contrasts the difference between the Amazon replens model that we train around here and all the other things that he's tried. We call them the Easter egg or the treasure hunt models. You know, some days you go out and you find some good stuff, other days you go out and you find nothing. And it seems like a pile of stuff kind of accumulates over time. You're not sure what to do with. That's some of the other models that he's played around with. He's also had some private label success that competitors came along and kind of wiped out after a long run of several months of success. So when he contrasts the proven Amazon course model with all the other models he's tried over the last several years, he says, man, this is the easiest one that I've ever seen. And he's certainly scaling up. He's using our proven replens VA program. You'll hear us talk about that a lot on recent episodes. That's, of course, where we train virtual assistants who work for $4 per hour in the Philippines on our replens inventory hunting strategies. And then we assign one of them to work just for a client. Maybe that's you as our next client. And they send you those winning replens, those winning underserved listings on Amazon every day. And you go buy or pay someone else to buy and send them into Amazon. It's a beautiful model. He's really scaling up with that lately. We talk quite a bit about as well using your business as a way to build relationships and the importance of that. And even for those of us who are Christians, how it's almost a responsibility that we have to incorporate and include those relationships into our life. And that's something we spend a significant amount of time on because our guest today, his name is Jim Kiernan. He's also a professor at college part-time at a university getting his PhD. And so we spend some time on that topic. Just a a wide range of interesting subjects today covered from yet another successful student from our community. So let me just encourage you, if you've listened to a good handful of these episodes over the past few weeks or months, and you haven't jumped in yet and started tackling this business, what are you waiting on? You really need to take a shot at this. The barrier to entry is low. The cost of entry is low. The risks, if you do it the way we teach it, are extremely low. At no point are you spending a bunch of money and hope it works out someday. You're spending a few dollars. The price of getting an Amazon seller account, just a few dollars. The basic tools you need, just a few dollars. The proven Amazon course, just a few dollars. We're talking well under $100 to get everything you need to get rocking with this model and start ramping up, building something beautiful. And today's guest is just another example of someone who's doing just that. So it was a pleasure hanging out with my new friend, Jim. Bear with us. we got two Jims on the show today, so keep that straight. But we'll jump over and meet uh, Mr. Jim Kiernan right now. Enjoy the episode. So Jim, welcome to the program. Hello. <laughs> good to have you here, my friend. Yeah, good to I'd be like here. to jump right into your story if you're ready to go. Uh, yeah. So as far as uh, e-commerce goes, it's probably maybe eight, nine years ago, just started selling random things around the house on eBay, you know, some extra things. And, you know, that was just like a hobby though. It wasn't anything major. And then uh, I had a friend tell me uh, that, hey, 
you can buy things, send them to Amazon, and they'll ship them to the customer for you. You know, this FBA thing. I was like, that sounds too easy. That'll never work. You know, <laughs> that'll never. <laughs> that's not. You know, that's probably that's too good to be true. You know. Right. And I was working at Walgreens at the time. You know, as a as a pharmacy technician. And uh, at Walgreens, they put orange stickers on things and say, hey, clearance, and here's how much you save and everything. So I was like, okay, I'll try. I'll, I'll try this out. You know, I'll, I'll try something. So I bought, I was very conservative. I bought one item, right? I bought, it was like a night cream or something. And I sent that one item in FBA, right? In an envelope by, by itself, you know, which isn't what you're supposed to, you're supposed to do. As I <laughs> it's a good way you tested it out. Later, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, bought it for like seven, eight dollars, sold it for maybe 30, maybe like ten dollars. I'm like, oh hey, that's pretty good, you know. So I just, you know, kept doing that, finding more stuff at Walgreens and and uh sending more and more things in, eventually moved up to actual boxes of things <laughs> instead of envelopes. So. And so that went well for uh, a while. I probably did that like part-time for a year or two, and then uh, and I was going to college at the same time, you know, working part time at Walgreens, going to college full time. And eventually Walgreens just, you know, pharmacy technicians, very stressful. And, you know, and I was like, oh, and I'm, make, I'm making more money doing less work on Amazon. So I'm going to quit here, you know. And so I quit that and then went full time just doing Amazon. When, kind when of, was this? This was probably about seven years ago. So 2000. 15, 16, okay. around there. Gotcha. So and, quite a ways back here is where towards the tail end of 2022. For right, right. So I've been, right? you know, yeah. So I've been doing this full time for a while, you know. I mean, I, I've been working part time other places. Just I'll get into that later, though. But just started uh, kind of at the bottom of the barrel, though. I would go to estate sales, garage sales, thrift stores. And the margins are pretty good at those places, you know, because you buy something for a dollar, maybe sell it for a hundred dollars, you know. But it was always a treasure hunt, you know. You never know yeah. what you're gonna find. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I call very... I call it the Easter egg hunt model. Yes. You know, they're a blast. They're fun. They're entertaining. There's some good <laughs> margin there. But you know, I, I was talking. Uh, there's a guy in our community who came to our last event. I had a good long phone call with him. It's probably been close to nine months or so ago, and he'd been in that model his whole e-commerce career, the treasure hunt model. Mm-hmm. And what he had was a warehouse full of, he didn't know what it was worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I know there's some money. I listed it for a while. I never sold. Got a bunch of, you know, he just had so much money in his stuff. Mm. Because the one thing you don't know is how long is it going to take for this thing to sell? Right. Yeah. You end up with stuff that just doesn't sell and you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because you drop the price doesn't mean it's going to move and you get stuff piling up. Yeah. Yeah, so I did, I did that for a while, but I was able to make a full-time income out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of money that's laying around places. Absolutely. You know? So, but, you know, not very scalable if you're just doing it by yourself, you know? Right. You um, can't automate it and walk away from it and turn your team loose. Right, right. But I did that for a while. And then eventually, my wife uh, had an idea about hand-making a, a certain product, you know? She just wanted to try it herself. And so we said, well, how about we try to sell this, you know? And so we started on eBay uh, selling it. And we actually got it ranked like number one spot for the keyword on eBay for a while. And so we were selling a lot of it, you know, we were selling a lot. And my wife was having a hard time keeping up. Then we moved on to also Etsy and Amazon. So I made a listing, got a photographer and all this 
all these things. And we had it was, and we still sell it. It was pretty, it's a, a niche, niche product. And we were just doing that kind of like full time for a while. But since my wife was making it, we we're limited on how many we can make. And so we hired out her family, uh, which lives in a different state. And so they would uh, make it for us. We trained them how to make it. They would make it for us and we would have them ship it into Amazon for us, you know, for uh, cool. so that that was going pretty well uh, for a while. So we did that for maybe a year or so, but just with limitations on how many we can make. And then a lot of competition coming in, especially direct competition from China, that kind of died down a bit where it could no longer support a full time income, you know. And so after that, I was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? Like, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm uh we, we need some money here so I uh decided to hit something I had done somewhat pre uh, did previously lightly and that's buying stuff on eBay and selling it on Amazon so I found like a few you could call them semi replans cuz you never know if they're going to be available again right so there are some that are consistently there but you can't just buy as many as you want and so I was like okay I need to hit this hard so I just found like 20 30 things you know 40 things that I could buy on eBay and sell on Amazon to help supplement the income a little bit. And then after that, I found a few good stores in my area, probably two chains, just like two chains. And I would go to those two. And that was enough for a full-time income. You know, just, they were kind of like a liquidation type store where they buy stuff from like Walmart or Target that they don't want and they sell it at a discount. So I was able to do about 10000 in sales per month with just those, just those couple stores. Nice. Now, how long ago was this? This is about two years, probably two years ago. Okay. I started doing that. Okay. And then this year, you know, I kept watching the podcast, hearing about replans, replans, replans. And you can only hear about people making lots of money and have a lot of success so long before you're like, I got to try this at least, you know? (laughs) So, because I had, I had like tried to do it similar. I've heard about maybe a while ago and tried to do it but I went to Walmart, spent like an hour in the aisle, didn't find anything. So I got discouraged. I was like, oh, this doesn't work, you know? But after a lot of people, again, hearing success story, success story, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm going to go for real, you know? But I think, I mean, uh, maybe a lot of the problem is people give up too easy. Like, uh, especially if it's like an hour. Like, I mean, you mean to tell me you don't even spend a whole work week on it and you're going to give up, you know? So, you know, and that's like 40 hours. Spend 40 hours on it and then tell me if it works or not, you know? At least. Right. So I did. I spent, you know, I spent probably 10 hours on it before. Uh, but then, you know, the products kept rolling in. You know, I found uh, a few brands in my local brands in my area and things like that, that really took off, you know, that were really uh, helped jumpstart me. And that was this May, you know, because I, I I teach part time at a college. So I was like, OK, I'll, I'll wait till summer so I can just dedicate all my time to this to finding products and things like that after the semester's over. And so that's what I did. And probably found about, I don't know, like 200 or so replenishable products. And then I kept hearing on the podcast, uh, hey, uh, proven VA, proven VA, proven VA, you know? And so I was like, okay, uh, you know, it's, you know, somewhat expensive. It's not like pocket change, you know? And so I was like, but... You know, we're all going to die someday. We need to take a risk. You know, <laughs> we want to be successful. 
I'll, I'll go ahead and try it, you know, and then everyone's saying it's successful and they have a guarantee and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll try it. So I got that uh, VA about about two months ago from the proven VA service you guys have. ProvenReplinsVA.com. There you go. Right. Let's take a link in the show notes for <clears throat> And so I got a VA. I did switch out the VA once, but the, that's been going well, been getting lots of prod- products, you know, that it's hard for me to keep up buying them all, you know? And so this last 30 days, I've hit 35,000 in sales for the, the trailing 30 days. Nice. And so that's not bad for spending like, uh, like four or five months just doing this model. I still hit up the liquidation store here and there because it's just like free money, you know, and it has good stuff sometimes, (laughs) a lot of times, you know. So that's where I am right now and just plan to keep going forward with the VA, find new products. Then I'm planning on outsourcing to a prep center. Right now, my wife and I do all the prep and shipping and it's just getting to be a little bit much and I want to free up my time, you know, so just probably this coming year after you know coming back from vacation all that stuff uh go um you know try to find a prep center and go from there you know try to grow the business uh, even more nice have you considered using someone local to prep maybe as a way to transition into getting it out of your own house i thought about that but you know if i i just don't know how i how I would manage them. Like say I want to travel to another country, you know, for a few months, how would that work? You know, and then finding someone I could trust to like have all these products and things. So I thought well, just, the reason I mentioned it is a possible good fit for you. Whereas, you know, we've got some people in our community, for example, they live overseas. They do only online arbitrage for replants. Mm-hmm. Perfect fit to use a prep center. They have to use a prep center. Or have a friend in the country. But you, it sounds like you're doing some eBay stuff, maybe even some Facebook marketplace stuff. You know, so... Uh, well, you... I, I was, but now I'm transitioning more and more to online arbitrage only. Just... Hey, okay. Replants, online arbitrage. Gotcha. Okay. Because that was my plan in my mind is to switch mm-hmm. to a prep center. So I wanted to start mm-hmm. transitioning to, to OA mostly. Gotcha. So I want to I hit something that um, you mentioned that I didn't realize was part of your story that I want to make sure just to throw a word of caution in there for everyone, for you included. Yeah. Having spent some time recently with my buddy, Jeff Schick, jeffschick.com, S-C-H-I-C-K, just like the razor, right? He's our legal expert around here. Mm-hmm. And he's been throwing some flags at the concept of selling closeouts and returns and flipping them on Amazon for a few months now, specifically. Now, a few years ago, a lot of people were doing really well with it. Now, then there's still people doing well with it. But it's one of those categories of risk that I just, you know, I'd be irresponsible not to point out that if Amazon comes back with an IP complaint and says, hey, we need to see a receipt and you show them, you know, a Larry's closeout bin barn, you know, and they, hey, I bought 15 items for $1,800 and that's all you got, you could find yourself in some trouble with Amazon. And there's plenty of people doing it, but there's people losing their accounts over it too, unfortunately. So just throwing that out there, man. Use caution. Have you run into any challenges there? No. And fortunately, the places that I go, they do give the, the title of the item and the, the you know, how many you buy and everything. And I've had some times where they would lose items to Amazon. I submitted that receipt and that was acceptable to them. So I haven't had a problem yet. You know, I'm not saying I won't <laughs> ever. Yeah. But yeah. again, that's that's becoming less and less part of my business anyway. 
Yeah, uh, you may want to phase away from that or, or focus on eBay and Facebook Marketplace on those items because there is significant risk there. And some people are selling a lot there, but even with that itemized receipt from a, like Larry's Closeout Barn itemized receipt, that doesn't prove that there's a chain of custody of those branded items. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. brand could come back and like and say, "Hey, we have no way of knowing if these are Chinese knockoffs." Yeah, okay, there's, there's not a chain of custody here, and so you could you could find yourself having to pay some some money, significant money, or getting your account suspended. Probably not permanently for your first offense. Well, <laughs> certainly is possible. Speaking of which, I've had my account suspended twice in the past. Yeah, for different reasons, you know. Yeah. Because it was, I bought something at their store that someone complained was inauthentic, you know, and uh, like some kind of face cream or something, you know, mm-hmm. so stuff like that. But I was able to get it back in a, a couple of weeks, fortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's what um, Jeff is the guy that we send people to right now for that sort of thing for about $89 a month. You can put him on retainer and any Amazon legal things, including a suspension. He just handles all of it. Because I've seen suspension services out there. Some of the biggest numbers I've heard is ten to $15,000. For a mm. reinstatement with no guarantee that they're going to get your account back. Yeah, it's that's crazy. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's nuts. Uh, you know, but uh, so for 90 bucks a month, it, that's a pretty, pretty good deal. But the thing I want to put people at ease too is Jeff says this. I mean, I've had him on the show several times in recent months and he's at our most recent event too. He says the odds of a permanent suspension are so slim, it's not worth worrying about. You can always get your account back. Now, it might cost you a lot of time. It might cost you a lot of money. And permanent suspensions do happen if you just flagrantly and blatantly ignore the rules and get multiple violations. But yeah, just wanted to spend a little bit of time on that whole closeout thing mm-hmm. and make sure we didn't yeah. paint an in- incorrect picture on the opportunity there. But certainly play around on eBay, play around on Facebook Marketplace with, with those opportunities. But uh, okay, so I want to hear a little bit more about this virtual assistant you found and their ability to find replans and how you find replans, how you're working with them. Talk me through yeah. that just a little bit. I want to spend some time on that. I guess I'll start with myself first. So when I began, I would really just take pictures of the store aisles and go through them on Amazon. So say I take a picture of can of you know, a bag of marshmallows or something like that, right? And I'd type in jet puff marshmallow, you know. And then look look through and see if there's any listings there. You know, I would just go to the the customer facing one. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the Amazon seller app and the Amazon customer app, the way keywords work there are, are different. Completely different. Yeah. And so the shopping app on your phone is different than the dot com website on your desktop too. And so I usually sometimes I'll type I type it in both. You know. Because you know the one the the Amazon app will definitely find the out of stock items for mm-hmm. you, where the one on the customer facing side will not, unless there's a checkbox you can click for show out of stock items, which can work. But also, when you click that, it also gets rid of all these sponsored ads, so that's useful if you click the uh, out of stock items to show those. So Good that's tip. nice. And so that's what I would do. You know, just go through the pictures and do that, and that worked. You know, I found double couple hundred items like that pretty quickly how many stores how many stores were you sourcing from physical retail stores to find those 200 maybe three yeah right Four. maybe it doesn't take many no i mean there's one there's one brand where i found like 40 you know right right and what are your criteria 
for a good replan. And, and for those who are new to the to the episode, Jim and I will spend a, a couple minutes talking through what a replan even is. I think that'd be good use. I haven't done that in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. But what criteria are you looking for? What determines a good replan to you? Well, my beginning criteria were seven drops per month. So about seven Kiba drops. So like seven sales per month or so. And at least three dollars profit. <laughs> and that was because I was desperate. Like, I need something, you know. So yeah, I was, proof I was of concept. Happy. I was happy to make anything, you know. When you have zero replans, any replan is good, you know. Yep. And so I did that uh, for a while, and then more recently, I've upped the criteria a little bit to ten drops per month and five dollars profit. Though if it's close, it's like four eighty-five. You know, I won't split hairs. I'll I'll take that. So that's kind of my criteria right now. And of course, the the more drops, the higher profit, the better, you know. Um, but usually like about a 40% ROI is what I'm looking for. Though I will modify that based on, you know, if if the weight is very light, if it's like under a pound, maybe I'll go down to 30% because then you can ship a lot more. So I will adjust the criteria, you know. I don't know if I have an exact algorithm, but just in my feeling, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And if it's heavy, like I'm going to look for more profit because if I can only ship four in a box, well, I'm going to want more than $2 or like $5 profit, you know. Mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 dollars or something. So that's kind of my criteria. And that's what I tell my VA to look for as well. So my VA and they'll find, you know, found this stuff in a lot of stores I never even heard of, you know, which is good. I can I more stuff I wouldn't have, have even thought of. And they find right now they're just part-time for me. So they're doing about four, find about four uh replans per day for me, Monday through Friday. You know, and recently a lot of them have been good, you know, like most of them have been good. When I first started out, my my first VA, it was kind of hit or miss, maybe like 25% were good to 25 to 50. But now it's about 50 to 100, you know, that have been good recently. Good to hear. Yeah. So now, is, well. are they sourcing off stores that you send or do you just turn them loose and say, find me replens from anywhere? Yeah, kind of like just find me something <laughs> anywhere. I've, I've done, I have done that though. I've sent pictures of mm-hmm. store shelves, like, hey, find this stuff, or here's a brand I want you to look for. But just recently, just, you know, find me anything and it's that's been going well. So yeah, I see no reason to change it, you know, until like, it doesn't work, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So if I asked you, what is a replan? I always like to ask guests this and, and uh, the answers all kind of compile in together to a pretty cool collection of descriptions because I think it means something a little different to to yeah. each person as far as how they describe it. I mean, it's the same thing to all of us who are doing the model, but how do you describe a replan? What is a replan? To someone who's familiar with selling products online, how is this different from the treasure hunt that you were talking about earlier? Yeah. What's a replan? So this is something that you can sell over and over again, not necessarily to the same person, but you can sell over and over again. So if you find something at uh, a thrift store, I mean, you no guarantee you'll ever find that again, right? But if you go to Walmart and find something on the shelf there, they usually sell. You sell that and you sell out of it, you can go back and buy it again, you know? And so that's a replan, you know, simply just something you can sell again and again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And I I add in the detail because I've answered this question hundreds more times than you have. (laughs) (laughs) I add in the caveat, I can sell it profitably a handful of times per month and then easily source it as I need more. Mm, Yeah. At full retail, typically. Yeah. Not waiting on sales. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's it. So you're finding these underserved listings on Amazon and then replenishing your inventory as needed as you sell against that ASIN, that listing. 
And I like the marshmallow example you used a little earlier. I think that helps people maybe paint a clearer picture mm-hmm. because people may be thinking, well, you looked at a bag of marshmallows, like it's either selling for a profit on Amazon or it's not. Like, w- what are you possibly researching <laughs> to find a bunch of winners? Well, that could be a two pack, a three pack, it could be in a bundle mixed with, you know, a s'mores pack. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I could source everything in that s'mores pack and make that same bundle. Like that, that bag of marshmallows could appear in 80 listings on Amazon and 79 of them are a complete waste of your time. But one of them is a replin. Yes. Yes. Right. I, it's, a, it's a four pack and there's 40% net margin there and $8 per sale. And it's dropping, like you said, 12 times a month. Yeah. With two other sellers. I can expect at least three to five or maybe even 10 sales a month or more. You learn to read the numbers. You're using Keepa, obviously, to help mm. you make these decisions, right? Had you used Keepa at all before you found this community as a tool? No. As I, I think I heard about it from, from you guys. Yeah. yeah. Most um, people hadn't until you get into replens. So for the listener's sake, go listen to podcast episode 369. That's where I dive into Keepa, what it does, how to use it. We've got a 20-minute video inside our Facebook group as well that introduces you to just me kind of scrolling around on Amazon, showing you how I use Keepa plugin Mm -hmm. on Amazon.com and just the winners kind of pop out at you once you know what you're looking for. But what else do you want to talk about, Jim? I I feel like I don't know a whole lot about you or your family. Let's maybe just spend a couple minutes there. Like, who are we talking to? Who's this person behind all this interesting e-commerce activity the past decade or so? Yeah, so I have uh, my wife, Judy, and we have uh, two children, four and two. So they keep us uh, keep us busy. And right now I uh, teach part time. You know, I came uh, came here to go to college is why I first came, moved here. And where, I, where do you live? Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, you're Knoxville. OK. Yeah. And so I uh, moved here to come to college because I was previously in the United States Navy for six years. And I was thinking, praying about, you know, what what do I do next? You know, talked to my pastor and told him my burden for, you know, to, to serve God. And he recommended the college here. And I came here for a missions degree and graduated with that. Then I also went to the uh, seminary here, graduated my master's of divinity. And then the president president of the college asked me to stay and, and teach. And so I agreed to that. So he asked me to stay, stay and teach part-time and then simultaneously work on my PhD at another seminary. And so I'm doing that as well. And so hopefully finish in, in another year or two here with that. And then I have an agreement once I finish that is to start teaching full-time at the college and seminary. And then, you know, hence why I want to offload some of the responsibilities with the Amazon business onto prep center or what have you yeah. in order to focus more time on that as on that while also bringing in some nice supplemental income, you know? Yeah. Outstanding. What course do you teach? Courses? I teach, I teach Greek. So biblical Greek and then also Baptist history. Wow. What a combo. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So you get all the uh, Greek jokes. It's Greek to me jokes, right? Yes, yeah. It's all Greek to you. <laughs> That's great, <laughs> <It's easy>. man. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Hebrew myself. So between the mm-hmm. two of us, we could have some fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't studied Greek a whole lot. You know, I, I know the basics, but... Yeah, I just went know. over a lesson today in class, in my Greek class about Hebrew. And, uh, 
you know, how the God, the name of God is in the book of Esther, but as an acronym in the Hebrew four times. So it's very, very interesting. You know? Yes. A lot of, in, I've, I've dove into the book of Esther. We could nerd out a little bit. You know, yeah. I've, you've heard me speak of my affinity for my good friend, Rabbi Daniel Lappin on the yeah. show, I'm sure. And, and uh, as an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, he knows his Hebrew, man. So I've picked up some great lessons over the years from him. But uh, yeah, that's great. I feel like I, I I know you a little bit more and what you're all about, man, and and the yeah. vision you have for this business becoming something that's a it's an asset versus something that requires your daily constant attention and time. Yeah, it, it takes some time to get there, but you're on that trajectory, obviously. And you know, one question I wouldn't mind asking you, Jim, is you you've done e-commerce for quite some time now. You know, in dog years, you're an old man when it comes to e-commerce. Kind of like, yeah, not <laughs> quite where I'm at. I'm a I'm a super old dude. Like. But, <laughs> Now you have about half as much time into this game coming up on it as I as I have put into perspective for me some of the other things that you've done and maybe there's things you didn't mention and contrast it to the replens model that you're in now just as far as like the the day to day reality of doing this business how rewarding it is how challenging it is how nerve wracking it is just put some perspective around that if you don't mind. Well, it's a uh, I would say it is a lot easier than any other model I've come across. So. You know, with again the Easter egg hunt, you never know what you're gonna find. So sometimes I go with the go to a thrift store, walk out with a couple hundred dollars with the product. Other times I go walk out with nothing. You know, and it was inconsistent. You know, I never know how much money I'm gonna make each month. You know, you never. So like, how do you do a budget kind of thing? You know, so mm-hmm. I might make a thousand this month. I might make five thousand the next month. Who knows? You know. So this model is just a lot more consistent, and you're also. It's a lot more diversified. Like with my private label product, you know, we had just a couple of those in the same brand, same niche. And so once a bunch of competition flooded into that, they're like, well, then you're out of luck. You know, you're kind of like, well, now I need to put food on the table some other way. But here, if someone uh, tanks the price on one product, well, I got a couple hundred more that I can go to and I'm getting more every day, you know. So that's, you know, better as well. And then, you can scale it, you know, it's scalable. There's a couple other things I did that I didn't mention, you know, I, you know, with the one thing I, that that was kind of scalable, but I would buy textbooks off of Amazon Merchant Fulfilled and then sell them back on Amazon FBA and make a lot of good profit that way. So you can do that. You can use Keepa to search for those things, you know, if you are so inclined and there's other software you can use. But I did that for a while because I was like, well, I need some way to make money here. It was it was good. But nothing is bad that you could scale as quickly as replans. Because I went, again, from like 10,000 in sales to 35,000 sales in four or five months. And that's with stopping a lot of that, what was giving me that 10,000 in sales, right? Of the... The, uh, the closeouts, liquidation. Closeout stores, right? Yeah, like, so you, you shut that down and scaled into... A lot. Yes, yes. Because my reasoning was, well, every minute I spend at the closeout store is a minute I'm not spent finding a replan, right? Mm-hmm. And at the closeout store, those are semi-replans because they might have like a hundred of them, right? Over across the other several stores they have in my area. But if I find a good replan, hey, that could be worth thousands of dollars over the next year, a couple of years. Right. And so what's worth my time more? You know, making a hundred dollars an hour at the closeout store or possibly making a thousand dollars an hour with uh, a replan model. And so, yeah. and then it's just, it's built for scalability with all the infrastructure that people have built around 
Amazon with the the prep centers and things like that that you can use, especially during if you're doing online arbitrage, just buy it online, goes to the prep center, you're and there you go, and they'll take care of it. Hence why I'm excited to go through the uh, online was it OA simplified course. I have not gone through that, but I'd like oh, to you'll love it. Do that sometime soon and tell my VA, hey, watch these things and uh, <laughs> exactly, so, yeah, that'll be added into the. This. The proven Amazon course here within the next few weeks, mm-hmm. right, very soon after this podcast episode drops, uh, the proven Amazon course will be getting its latest module, which we add a new incredible module about once a month. And the one that's up very close to next is OAS, OASimplified.com. Yeah. We had about a thousand people pay and go through that content, just raving reviews. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really helps you dial in your online sourcing strategies specifically built around tactical arbitrage, which I doubt you've yeah. played with at all yet. Probably not. I have played with it. Have you? But inefficiently. You know? Sure. It's uh, a bit of an intimidating tool. But yeah. Leah and Jessica, our coaches on our team who were the instructors for that course, really dove in and systemized and put a lot of great bonus content and strategies in there. It, it, we should have charged thousands of dollars for that, <laughs> for that module, but it's just incredible. They did such a great job. But yeah, you're going to love it. If you're dialing in yeah. your online sourcing, that as is tremendous. As, as soon as I heard the you know podcast episodes with with those ladies on it, right, and heard what they were doing, like oh, they never touched their inventory and things. Like that's great. That's what exactly what I want. You know, I don't want to see my inventory. I want to. I want hands off. Just you know, clicking buttons, money making machine kind of thing here. Right. That's right. Yeah. So it, you know, and they're both running you know like six figure a month businesses. Yeah without ever seeing or touching their inventory. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. they were great coaches and teachers for that. We'll get back to the program in just a second, but I want to tell you about some features included in a software tool called Sellerboard. It's time for you to know your numbers. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check out the special offer that we have for this community with Sellerboard. Starting at just $15 a month, you can get a suite of powerful tools that not only help you understand all your numbers, but give you follow-up email tools, review request campaigns, inventory management, reimbursements for lost and damaged stock and FBA errors, listing change alerts. Wouldn't it be nice to know if one of the listings you're selling on has changed? You can get those alerts with Sellerboard. Pay-per-click bid and keyword optimization, much more. It's a very robust package at a very low price with a great special offer for listeners to this show. If you're an Amazon seller and you don't know your numbers, you need Sellerboard. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check it out. Let's get back to the show. You know, clicking buttons, money-making machine kind of thing here, right? That's right. Yeah, you know, and they're both running, you know, like six figure a month businesses. Yeah. Without ever seeing or touching their inventory. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were great coaches and teachers for that. What else is on your list of things you wanted to talk about today or questions, things you want to kick around? I'd I'd seen a few pretty interesting topics on your list and your bio that you sent us. Yes. Yes. So, you know, where I teach, we do have a school of entrepreneurship, right? And in fact, you know, my wife went through that school went she got a bachelor's in business there and we she actually was able because of her concept what was this business where she was hand making the product and right. then also having her family outsourcing that to make it and ship it into Amazon for us the president was so impressed with it and thought it was such a great idea he had us present it 
uh, before the board of directors of oh, the that's college. Cool. And so, yeah, it was really, it was really a great opportunity, you know? And so the reason we ha- even have a school of entrepreneurship, right? Our, our president is very, is very, he, he believes a lot in that everybody is going to be doing, you know, everyone that is a Christian should be doing God's work. And he knows that not everyone will be a pastor or a missionary, right? Some people will be business, you know, business people or trades people, right? And then even if you are a pastor and missionary, the future of kind of that vocation is bivocational, right? Is to to help support yourself, you know? And so my sometimes the idea of how to connect business and you know your business and God's business is not always clear, you know, as easy as it is to connect, oh, being a pastor or, you know, a worship leader or something like that and God's business, right? It's a little bit more obvious. So my question would be, what uh, what would you recommend to people going into business, right? Or, or, do it, or even doing business on the side, how to use that and combine that with, with God's business? Well, you know, there's about, there's three or four different hats I could put on and love wearing all of them and tackle that question, depending on the audience I'm addressing. Mm -hmm. And this is a very mixed podcast audience, many listeners, a lot of Christians who would agree completely with the premise that you and I would have, which is my business is my ministry and I want to connect the two in the way that God intended. Let's talk about it. And then we've got other people who think, Christians are crazy, myself included, but they love the business content. Hey, we're friends. If I saw you in person, I'd give you a big hug. That's okay. You can think I'm a little nuts. Hey, that's all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't bother me in the slightest, actually, to have people with different worldviews in my friend circle, you know, on our team, working together side by side every day. But I got to admit, you know, we have to recognize they have a slightly different worldview. So when I tackle a question like this, I want to provide value to as many people as possible. That's the hat I'm going to wear with my answer. Mm-hmm. Knowing that if it was a, a group of business-minded Christians sitting around the table, you know, we'd dive deep for hours and have fun with this. So with that kind of premise, that kind of platform, I basically say to the degree that you make your business about relationships is the degree you're going to have success. To the degree that you make your business about relationships is the degree you're going to have success. And that holds true for any of us. What I mean by incorporating relationships in your business is to the degree that you include others in your success and your you know partnerships and hiring employees and suppliers making it about others this is this is where my hebrew background comes into benefit and i don't know if you've heard me mention this before this is from my my buddy rabbi daniel lappin a transaction in hebrew is the start of a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship that's what a transaction is it's the start of a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship it starts off with mutual benefit and it just grows from there So to me, the question isn't so much, how do I blend my ministry into my business? To me, I'm not convinced, and this is just me talking now, right? I just haven't studied this topic at length. I think the question we should be asking is, is it even possible to run a business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others? I say it's not. It's not possible to run a business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others. To run a profitable business is to effectively serve others extremely well. That's what a business is. That's what it does. Not just your customers, but your suppliers, your partners, your employees, the people you're in. You've got to serve well because if you're not serving well, that's where the business starts to break. So we're already in serve mode. Just running a business, we're serving. That's ministry. If you're a believer, that interaction, right? So I would say it's not possible to run a business 
and not have it be your ministry. Blend the worlds. 100% overlap them. I actually had a pastor call me one time and his question for me was this. He said, I'm having a hard time keeping these two worlds separate. I'm a pastor, got my church. It's going good. I love it. On the side, I've got this e-commerce thing I do in the evenings and the weekends, and it's exploding. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But I'm really worried that the people in my church are going to think differently of me when they discover that I'm this successful business guy as well. And he was concerned, legitimately concerned. And that's that's been probably 10 years or so ago. And I said, I'm pretty sure that not only is there no damage that will be done when they learn this, but you'll be doing them a huge favor by revealing to them there's a whole world of opportunity out there. You'll be serving them better than you are now by saying, hey, there's a lot of things you could be doing out here and the interesting businesses you can start that will take you into new relationships. You'd be introducing yourself to people you never would have met otherwise, letting your light shine in into corners of the world you never thought you'd be exposed to hmm. by being in business. And even for me personally, I think every missionary that any denomination in the world sends out should send them out equipped as an entrepreneurial business, business warrior, basically. So they can go in under the flag of business owner and go anywhere and the world will welcome them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go in with your 30 pound Bible and hit people in the head, you know, there's some countries that aren't too excited about having you there. Right. Mm -hmm. So just as a strategic thing, go in as a business owner and yeah, take the light of the gospel and take that love that God has for you that you want to show other people, take it with you wherever you go. So to me, I guess the short answer is there's no delineation whatsoever between serving in business or serving in ministry. I know some people are called to do ministry and that's their focus. I'm not taking anything from that. But if you're in business, that is your ministry. If you're a Christian, that's my short answer to that. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a good book. Have you read um, Evangelpreneur by Josh Tolley by any chance? No, no. T-O-L-L-E-Y, Josh Tolley. Look him up. Uh, actually, Jimmy Smith on our team does some work for him. Evangelpreneur is the title, a pretty slick title. But he basically makes the argument in that book that everyone needs to start a business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everyone should have a home-based business because of the time we live in. And he lays down mm -hmm. multiple, multiple reasons. Everything from family dynamic, husband-wife relationships, and, mm -hmm. you know, and just across the board Statistics and data backs up every point he makes. And then basically this lays down that, uh, especially for us as Christians, is that the opportunity for, you know, we're called to share the good news that we have. Business is just another avenue to do that. So that's my, a somewhat choppy perhaps, but my take on all of that. And I'd be curious to hear, you know, how you would, what you're struggling with as you think through that and, and you know, what prompted that question even? Yeah, well, a couple of things. One is, you know, especially with like doing online arbitrage. And then if you do send to a prep center, like it, it, se it seems like you're very isolated. Like there's not really much relationship going on, you know? Great pushback. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's like how you have relationships with Walmart or something, <laughs> you know, when you're ordering online or how your relationships with your, you know, prep center. I mean, that might be a little more personal. You call them, talk to them and stuff, but you know, how does that work? Or is there other avenues you can build relationships through? Even, yes. Even let me, let me tackle that because I've seen thousands of people do these business models and don't belittle the relationships that seem to be completely virtual that should be more personal. Meaning like the manager at Walmart. Yeah. 
you should be one of their favorite customers. The manager of the store, yeah, get to know them. Yeah, take them a little gift. Get to know their first name. Get their cell phone. You know, get to know that'll pay off in bigger results for your business and bigger opportunities for you. Will lead to other things, but it also that's another that's another relationship. You know, we we should be in constant relationship expansion mode. So while the Amazon model itself can be somewhat impersonal, I'm never going to meet the person that bought this six pack of green beans. Some businesses meet their customers. Mm-hmm. As an Amazon reseller, not necessarily, and that's one of the big challenges I have with the. The model actually i had a chance to speak to have you heard me tell that story the yeah. senior vice president that i met right mm-hmm. like hey you got to let buyers and sellers connect buddy you're leaving a lot of revenue on the table and they tend to agree with me and i think they're doing some things to start to break down those barriers but we don't have to wait on amazon to do the right thing to break down those barriers and instead of an email get on the phone you'll make more money that sentence right there stands alone mm-hmm. not only will you build more quality relationships you'll make more money too the two aren't conflicting messages. They're co-supportive messages. You know, they, they, they compound on each other. Pick up the phone more or get on a Zoom more. If you're used to texting and emailing or phone call, get on Zooms, build relationships with people who are doing this business, others in your area who are in e-commerce, other small business owners. Now that you're a small business owner, you have something in common with a lot of other people in your area that you didn't have in common with before you started a business. And that is, I'm trying to build a business here. All right, a lot of the same struggles. There's a lot you have in common with the guy who runs a dog grooming business. You don't realize it yet, mm-hmm. but you can say a lot of that. You can finish each other's sentences. It's like sometimes the most annoying part of my business is the customers, man. Like, yeah, we've all, all got that in common. Look around the room, like, hey, I've never heard anyone say that before, right? I mean, they are, we're all running different businesses and we can all say that, right? Like those things you have in common with the other small business. So that's new relationships you can venture into mm. based on, hey, I'm a small business owner now, right? The mm. accountant that you're going to need, great person to know. So the, the relationships, you have to be intentional about it. But um, one of the one of the leaders in our community said a few years back, the solution to every challenge you're going to run into is a person. Not, I'm not saying, no, a book can help you, a strategy session with a coach you'll never meet. But if you can integrate new people into your life as you're solving the challenges of business, you look around suddenly and you've got 50 people in your life that wouldn't have been there had you not started a business. Never mind the fact that we're never going to meet the person we sold a six pack of green beans to. Okay, we may not ever meet that customer, but that doesn't mean we can't be very intentional about the relationships. Just because our model keeps some people out of our life relationally, there's still a whole lot of people we can include. Does that make sense? And you have to be intentional about it. It's not going to, you're not going to stumble into it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's really good, actually. Yeah. That because, you know, I've seen people do this model for decades, two decades. I know someone. I'm not going to name names. Some people know who I'm talking about, but they ran a very isolated model of this business. Stay home, leave me alone. Everything's email, never get on the phone, never do Zooms, never do live events. I'm just going to, you know, I'm doing e-commerce, me, myself, and I over here in my little corner. It's just a, it's a lonely, isolated, I don't know how you stay motivated type of way to do this. But on the other hand, the people I see do really, really well. And, and he didn't do as well as I thought he definitely could have and should have because he mm-hmm. just was kind of by himself. But then the people that do really well tend to be the people that surround themselves. They start a mastermind group. Maybe they're in three or four different mastermind groups and it seems like they're always on Zooms with groups of people and live events. And they, you know, they come to our proven conference and they're always interacting. Their list of contacts is growing. Those are the people that tend to do really, really well. So not only do they have more relationships, they're making more money. They're putting more money in the bank. They're not afraid of 
what I call that superpower of reaching out, getting on the phone, making new phone contacts or, you know, new relationships. So mm. it's a topic of passion for me. I feel like I could, I could rant way too long about it, but um, we can't let our business model be an excuse for not constantly integrating new relationships into our business. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate the question. I appreciate the honest pushback too, you know, because this can be a very impersonal model. And sometimes it feels like it's almost encouraging us to be impersonal. You know, selling right, random right. widgets to strangers we'll never meet. How can that be relational? Well, I just gave you a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's good. I think it'd be helpful both for me and and for my students, you know, if anyone has a desire to go in that that area, you know. Um, Absolutely. And I would, I would love the opportunity too. You know, I, I love talking to people who feel like God's calling them to a you know, mission field to go somewhere. You know, I'd love getting in front of those groups and just kind of talking through and helping them think through and challenging them that, you know, what reasons do you have for not taking a business mentality with you? Yeah. Really, there aren't any. None that I've found. Mm. There's no good excuse not to. The day and age we live in, well, all you need is this, you know, an internet connection and a smartphone, and you can run a business, a very successful business. And be having an incredible positive impact, yes, on people around you and self-funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I have a I have a friend. He's a he lives in Vietnam right now. He doesn't he doesn't do Amazon. He does some other models, but you know he's doing very well and it's very cheap there. So, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, sure. you can, and that's and that's you know one reason I want to automate it as much as possible. May I want to spend a couple months in Japan or something like helping a missionary over there, you know, and uh, just just helping out. And then this, I can still support myself. My business can keep running mm-hmm. without me here. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea, you know. Yep. E-commerce is the way to make it happen, man. Mm-hmm. And Amazon replens model can be used from anywhere in the world. We've got students all over the world. As you know, there's no reason you can't run your business from wherever you feel like you're supposed to be, wherever God's calling you, that's where you can go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what else is on your list, Jim? Anything else you wanted to go over today before we start to wrap this one up? Oh boy. Well, uh, just my next steps, I guess, uh, like I said, I'm just planning on next year getting a prep center. Is there really, I know you suggested maybe someone local. Is there a reason why that would be better than a prep center in your, in your mind? Is there a reason? Oh, yeah. That? Well, good question. The reason I mentioned that specifically, well, in general, I think it's just a good idea to to have some local support for whatever it is that you're doing, if possible, if you're selling stuff online. For example, if you're using a prep center exclusively, you're going to get some returns and they're going to come to your house, <laughs> right? Typically. Mm-hmm. Or you can send them to the prep center and they're not going to want to do them. I don't know if prep centers that will cash out your returns and sell them on eBay for you. Maybe they exist, but there's money there. What are you going to do with it? Just stack up in your garage? It would be nice to have some local presence. It's kind of like that slow and steady scaling. Okay. So it's just you and your garage and your living Mm -hmm. room. And now, you know, it's off to a neighbor's house. And now we're using a prep center for 90%, but still 10% is local. The Facebook marketplace, the eBay, the returns. It's just good to have that diversification of support, I guess is what I'm saying. And it makes sense to me to kind of have that neighbor who works for you five, 10 hours a week, mm-hmm. slapping labels on boxes and listing stuff on eBay that, you know, oops, I bought wrong, wrong item. Oh, I'm not allowed to sell that. I thought I was. 
that sort of thing. And you can still turn that into cash by having right. someone local, right? Because the people I know that do only prep center, they get a little stuck with like, what do I do with my returns? What do I do with my bad inventory? Why, where is it? What am I supposed to do with it? It'd be nice to have it local. That's the reason I mention it. But no, prep centers are a beautiful arrangement. Prepcenternetwork.com. I'm sure you've probably been on there. Yes. yes. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well as everything else we mentioned today. But that's a, this is a free list of all the prep centers we know of. Yeah, absolutely. Start right. looking into it. For 90% of your online arbitrage buying, makes total sense to to jump on that for sure. Yeah. And I'd probably still even do some locally because there's some local products you can't buy online here that are very profitable. Right. Still do that. But just just in my mind, the future, again, the the concept of being able to do this anywhere in the world, if I have someone local here, but it's you know coming to my house, like they're not gonna be able to get in and I'm going to have boxes stacked in front, you know? Let's think through that, that you're not that far from connecting the dots, okay? So this person who's local, who lives near you, they can still go to those retail stores, maintain those relationships with those managers, Mm -hmm. those brands, whatever, take it to their house, put your FDA labels on it, prep it, send it in. They're not coming to your house. Yeah. It's all happening at their house, right? So that's one reason why I'm kind of encouraging, Mm -hmm. find someone, a neighbor, someone in the area, that can start working part-time, a single mom who has hours in the evenings, a retiree, something like that. There's right. another relationship for you. There's someone else who's kind of holding down the fort locally. The stuff that right. gets delivered, instead of delivering it to your house, have it delivered there. Or they come to your house once a day and just pick it all up off the porch or get the code into your garage or whatever, right? Like these kind of arrangements start to make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an in-between yeah. step between having it all in your living room or having it in a prep center that's a thousand miles away. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm building up there. I think I'm sending about about two boxes to Amazon a day right now. Good. Uh, two, I like the daily shipments. Two fifty pound boxes. I don't want to. I want them out there. I want to make make the money back. You know? Yep. I need this money back here. So then my car can only fit so many. So mm-hmm. and again, like let it build up for a couple of days. So and so I don't. I don't think I'm quite at the point where I could provide somebody enough work to justify. You know hiring someone because i don't think i spent i don't think i spent 20 hours i don't know i guess i have to look up the count it well you'd be amazed at how many people would jump up excited for five or ten part-time hours a week yeah Mm -hmm. paying them hourly you'd be amazed Mm. how much that 50 bucks a week is just going to be a huge deal breaker for them like oh my goodness this is exactly what we needed right and so maybe you have two or three people because they're all very part-time at some point. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a matter of, oh, I won't do this job unless you're going to pay me 40 hours a week or 20 hours a week. No, maybe there's someone out there that's there's five or 10 hours a week, a shopper. Yeah. Shoppers aren't hard that hard to find. They go out and pick up the inventory, drop it off at the house where it's supposed to be prepped. Yeah. Right. So don't worry about how many, how few hours or the size you're at. Just make good strategic decisions. Mm-hmm. With you know, don't go out and say, okay, it's a full time position or this is twenty hours a week position. No, you don't know how many hours a week it's going to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't need to make any promises. The right person won't care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's supplemental for them. It's maybe the third job or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, look around. I think that's a good next step for you. Actually, is to find someone local. That's my instinct. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. someone through the university even or something, you know, just who wants a few extra hours a week as I'm kind of growing this thing. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of college students that need some extra extra money. You know? Sure. The problem yeah. with college students is that, you know, even if they're really, really good, best most you got is a year or two and they're off to something else, man. So yeah, yeah. I like the 
I like the little old lady who's always home and bakes yeah. the neighborhood cookies and hey, you want to work an extra five or 10 hours a week for me, make a little money? Oh, I would love to spend more time with your family. Now you got a, a new friend baking you even more cookies and loving yeah. life. And yeah, she loves shopping too. She'll go pick all this stuff up. She didn't have anything to do with her time anyway, except her dogs kind of thing, right? Like relationships, right? Right, right. Sounds good. Well, maybe I can, uh, I know a lot of times they'll have like a little hack in some of these episodes or something and Maybe some advice that I could give, you know, for the, the listeners. Man, if you got something, hit us. Yeah, I haven't heard many people talk about this. I don't know why, but you can buy stuff on Amazon and then sell it on Amazon again, you know. But I don't know why, like, a lot of people aren't, you know, praising it, you know. Or, give me give me some examples of what you've done. I mean, without giving away any of your hot ideas. but Yeah, so there's like a, there's like a... A listing, uh, and it's actually the same exact product. It's like a six pack of something, right? And I buy that, sent to my house, and there's another six pack, same item, just different ASIN, and I sell it for like triple the price, you know. And I buy it from Amazon itself, you know. Uh, I would suggest not buying from third party sellers because you never know what you're gonna get there. You buy from Amazon, they can't complain, you know. And so I found I have like maybe 10, 12 replens just from, you know, buying from Amazon, selling on Amazon. So if I found 10 or 12, that must be thousands out yes. there, you know. Right. And then also a, an easy way to get ungated in, in things is buy stuff from Amazon. You know, you can buy it from Amazon, send them the, you know, the invoice that you got from them and they're a distributor. So you can get ungated in anything they sell, anything Amazon sells. And so I've used that to get ungated in dozens of products, you know? Yeah. Then you just find, maybe find another ASIN where you can get a little bit of profit or break even or even lose a little bit is completely fine. Um, get ungated. Yeah, also, I love it. Let's, but let's go back uh, to that marshmallow example we used earlier yeah. to make sure people catch on what we're saying. You know, we said there's, there's what, 90 different ASINs that yeah, include yeah. this bag of marshmallows and, and 79 of those are completely unprofitable. Including yeah. one that seems like they're selling that bag of marshmallows like half the price anywhere else on the planet selling it. Mm -hmm. So you order from that guy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the Amazon's deal or whatever, you know? And they're like, why are right. they selling marshmallows at a loss? I don't know. And I don't care. I'm going to order a bunch of them and I'm going to sell them against this other ASIN over here, the S'mores kit. Well, there's $8 margin, right? The cheapest place I can get those marshmallows is right off Amazon. Here's what you can't do though. And this is a little warning, throw a little flag. Don't mm -hmm. use your Prime account. Yes, to do yes. this. Amazon does not want to see prime discounts applied to buyers who are flipping and right. selling on get on their platform. It's a separate account. Yeah, it's a separate Sep account. Sep well, even yeah. if it's a separate account, if you're using your prime membership to get that but, prime discount, yeah, Amazon but don't use the prime. <laughs> they know your I they know your IP yeah. address. They know the those the buyer account and seller account are associated with the same house address. Even if it's someone who comes to your house, yeah, well, you got, I mean, I'm saying you could set up a business account and that would be separate. You can put that under a separate email and that wouldn't be connected to a, a personal account. And then with a business account, you can also apply for tax exemption. So uh, you can buy stuff tax exempt off of Amazon with that. So yeah, you, but you can't, you, but even still, if you intend to resell it, don't use your Prime account. Right, right. But usually right. for business, you have to pay ex a separate fee for business Prime for mm -hmm. under the business account. That's I, outside I, of my scope yeah. of of where I can confidently speak. If it's a business buyer account, if you can still flip yeah. and resell that on Amazon, I'd, I'd have to say, I don't know. But if, don't use your personal Prime account to flip. Right, right. 
right? I, I do know that for sure. I've seen people get in trouble. That's one of those things where it's like, um, it doesn't matter who you hire, you're going to have a hard time getting your account back if they catch you flipping. It's kind of right, like having right. multiple selling accounts running out of the same. Yeah. The Amazon does not like that. They'll shut right. it down. Just, just follow Amazon's rules and you'll be fine. You know, exactly. <laughs> just don't exactly. break the rules. But that is a great tip. Amazon, the the way, Amazon flips. Beautiful. Also, if you buy stuff from Amazon to get ungated, don't return it once you... Uh, don't just return it once you get ungated because you're going to mess this up for everybody else. Okay. So don't do that. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Sell on eBay or give it away as Christmas presents yeah, just, or something. Just but say it's a cost of doing business. You know, you'll maybe lose $30, $40 or something. But hey, now you're ungated and you can make a bajillion dollars off of that brand or something, possibly. You know, so exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's good tips, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I've got to start wrapping this episode up. I'm, I'm running out of time for today. Yeah, yeah. But it's been great hanging out with you, Jim. Thanks for all your uh, good tips. It's a pleasure hearing your story and um, we'll do it again sometime. And I'd love to hear an update, you know, maybe six months, a year or so from now and see how things are going. You're on a beautiful trajectory. Yeah, hopefully they're going well. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, well, it, it, it sure looks like it, man. You, you're, you're building a beautiful business here. Well done. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, let me talk to the listeners who have joined us today for just a minute as we start to wrap this one up. Hope you had as much fun as I did. Learn some new things, feel challenged. And you know, the thing that stands out to me today is just how blessed I am to get to spend time a few times a week with great members of this community like Jim and so many others, dozens of others recently who are building incredible businesses. We do this as a service to you. It keeps me sharp. I always learn new things, but we want you to feel like you're being well-fed. The time that you invest here, that it's worth a lot of time, effort, and energy for you uh, to, to pay attention to these lessons, go out and apply them. So it's time well spent. That's the point I'm trying to make. And please send us your feedback. Let us know. Do you like these episodes? Do you want us to hit on some topics that we kind of skimmed past today? Are there other things you want us to talk about? We love that feedback. You can contact me directly. Silentgym.com has the contact information. If you got a question or if you want to jump in and maybe get started growing an Amazon business like you heard Jim talking about today, There's a link to the Proven Amazon course on that page as well. That's where we suggest you go. Maybe you want to coach or some of our other services. It's all there. And in the show notes as well, as a reminder, a link to everything that Jim and I talked about. There's a link in the show notes near this episode where you're watching today. Last thing I'll ask is, hey, leave us a review. If you're listening on iTunes, especially, we love those reviews. We love to see those five stars and subscribe to the show. That helps boost us in the rank as well. We've got about 100,000 people a month right now, 100,000 downloads a month on iTunes alone, which blows my mind. Pretty incredible. Thanks for being one of those very valued listeners. So Jim, one last time, buddy. Great job today, man. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, sir. And to all the business building warriors out there, God bless you. We will have another great episode for you again very soon. We'll talk to you then. Hey, thanks for hanging out today. Before I let you go, one short reminder. We are so grateful to our new sponsor to this program, Seller Board. If you haven't checked them out yet, get over to silentgym.com slash numbers. This is the software that tells you if you're profitable or not. It helps you track all of your expenses, your KPIs, sales, refunds, advertising costs, all of it. Profit, loss. This is tremendous software that fills a gap in the marketplace. Many successful sellers in our community are using this tool to help them know which of their products are profitable and which ones aren't. You'll love Sellerboard for just $15 a month starting. You can really dial in and know how your business is doing. 
silentgym.com slash numbers. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.